Blog Talk Radio. Do you know that? No. 
was sued, and he, he didn't sue it, and he was successful at it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's how he became a billionaire. So he's going to come back at these guys harder than there's ever been. All right? And he's going to show the kind of slavery that goes on in this place. Okay? Willful slavery. All right? You know, these guys, this is a joke. It's a total joke. I mean, you take this guy's money, even though he calls you the, the worst names in the world? Huh? And they have been. He was, he was going to get a, he got a, an award from the NAACP. Yeah. I mean, for all the billions and millions of dollars he's, he's given spent. to black universities. And yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not really quite sure. I don't see I this. don't understand. And I really this. think this whole, that whole, all they're going on is a, is a, is a tape that could be a video, that could be edited. so easy to edit audio today, you know. Uh, you know, you can edit this stuff up. And he, she could have put in words and sentences and made it. She could have had it professionally done. He wouldn't even know, and it would sound exactly like that. You know what I mean? Let's see. She Maybe she taped uh, a couple uh, hundred conversations with the guy. Yeah, who knows? Right? Over different subjects. And then, oh, my. Now, let's see. We, we got, and you get some master audio editor come in and, and uh, create the thing like TMZ. Suddenly, TMZ was the ones that, that, that exposed this. Oh, really? Yeah. They're masters at, at exploitation of the celebrities and stuff, you know. So, you know, you you, you got to go out. I don't those. like the man in particular. I think he's a horror. Well, I don't like TMZ. They're horror. They're whormongers. They're celebrities. But I don't. But I don't. You know, the people that should celebrities. Would you let me finish? You're talking no, over sorry. me. Okay, sorry. I don't care for the, this person either. But on the other hand, it just it just doesn't seem quite right what happened. No, you know, it, it doesn't. I, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't sit well with me at all. Okay, it's like the Trayvon Martin crap, all right? You know, now, come on, guys. Can't, you know, that Trayvon Martin was so overflated. And, and any time uh, Obama and Holder get into the picture, they muddy up the waters. They want to race riots so badly in this country because then they can declare martial law. You know, know what I mean? Sure they do. And take it over, just like Stalin and Lenin and all these bastard socialists. Uh, you know, uh, dictators want you know have done. That's how they've created dictatorships. Exactly the way Obama is working at it. Okay, taking your whittling away your rights every single day through executive orders. All right, I do nothing, Congress, other than you know pitting one one. Uh, Congress, they only col- they only collect. They're there to collect money That's for it. themselves. And they just you know. And you oh, by it. the way, they're back to work. Oh. Well, who would have known they weren't working? Because exactly, who would have known? When they're there. They don't work anyway. Well, everybody's been attacking Harry Reid because he's such a piece of work. And, you know, Harry Reid is, to me, you know, one of the grand, grandest hypocrites of all time. He played this thing really well until Bundy, you know, made him drop his pants. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, told him what, what a fraud he was with his son. Okay. Trying to, the reason, only reason Bundy was, uh, was uh, seen, okay, was because of the... Uh, the only way he was not, not, uh, anybody I think you have to him. explain yourself a little bit what you're talking about. You just kind well, of well, Bundy, Bundy was the is the guy in uh, Arizona or Nevada. I'm sorry, Nevada. Okay, who is being uh, uh, who, who had all the cattle that was confiscated? Yeah, let me explain this if you let me explain it. But they, you know, there was a whole lot of problems going on with this thing, and people. Uh, I don't, you know, it's almost it's almost impossible to explain this history of what happened here. He had his cattle grazing on like public land. Yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to assume that whoever's listening to this may have, may know something about the Bundy case. But uh, you know, if that's the case, 
you have to understand that Bundy was grazing on public lands for, I don't know, 20 years without paying anything. And all of a sudden, somebody in a county department in the government uh, decided that he owed a million dollars in back uh, lease fees, okay? And the reason they did that is because uh, uh, Harry Reid, who was, of course, the, the, the senator, and, the, and uh, you know, for Nevada, all right, uh, his son uh, had sold uh, 5,000 acres there on government land uh, and leased it to the Chinese for a solar company there. They were going to build some kind of a solar um, uh, factory or solar something. And uh, and so there's a huge money and a huge commission in it for Mr. Uh, uh, Reed's uh, son. All right. So uh, the next thing they know, uh, they're being sued and the Bundys have got a problem. Okay. And then you got all these... Uh, all these uh, uh, um, federal officers and so on, and uh, you know, coming down and uh, trying to take away his land and kick him off the land. Okay, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't pay a million dollars in fines right off the bat, all right, they're going to uh, drive him out of his place. So that's why hundreds of uh, hundreds of Arizona minutemen and and people who uh, you know wanted you know that didn't you know uh, wanted to defend. Uh, Bundy from his land um, said that uh, in, for his land uh, they backed him up with guns and their own lives and that's why the federal government backed down all right and took off well um, I'm not sure that's quite finished it's not finished it appears that it's not finished yet it appears that uh, you know the federal government is planning another attack but a much better attack but what they did is they got Bundy to uh, you know, they, they, I don't know what, what Bundy was thinking of, but or whether the interview was even real. But uh, he interviewed with uh, the New York Times, all right? I mean, you know that was going to be a hit job right there. You should have known it, all right? The New York Times is the ultimate liberal uh, mouth speak in the world, okay? So, you know, and they lie like, like shit. I've never, you know... Uh, well, I never read the New York Times. If you want to know what's not going on, read the New York Times. All right. So, uh, but uh, but anyway, they did a Bundy attack piece on on him and did an interview. And it turns out Bundy said, uh, you know, Bundy is a racist. Okay, he said some really really stupid things, um, you know, and and got him in a lot of trouble. Like one of the quotes that I read was that he said that uh, all blacks are, uh, you know, were better under slavery. Well, right? oh, he and uh, the owner of the basketball team have a lot in common. Yeah, well, that's not Big, true. Stupid yeah, 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 but, uh, but the thing is, is Bundy, uh, you know, isn't, hasn't been paying uh, 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 black men a million or ten million or twenty million dollars a year, you know what I mean, to play for him either. Right. Oh, he's not natural. I mean, Bundy is just, a, you know, Bundy's a racist where this other guy is like a philanthropist, you know, but now he's a racist. So, you know, it's just, it's just that, um, well, what's happened is they discredited Bundy, okay? So now the guy is, like, standing on his own, but Bundy was so adamant, he supported what he said, and, you know, he didn't think he said anything wrong. So, you know, it destroyed most of his liberal backers, the people who were, who were uh, you know, you know uh, inspired by, by his courage and, you know, to stand up against the government and the courage of so many uh, independent thinkers and, and patriots, you know, who, who uh, stood up, you know, 
take over his land and arrest him. So anyway, to make a long story short, uh, Americans won. Armed Americans won. People who had guns, all right? People who were willing to fight for their rights. For that and, moment. For that moment, all right? But also, all those people, those people are willing to fight for their rights no matter what time. They've been fighting all along. But that moment was the great standoff, okay? And it went unreported by the mainstream media because they couldn't afford to have, you know, uh, such a thing happen. You know what I mean? They couldn't. They couldn't afford to let the United States be, our government be affronted like that by by the rabble, uh, you know, Western militia. You know, and, and you know, I got to tell you, I stand with those guys. I I think you were right, but I think yeah, you probably should have checked out Bundy a little closer before you stood behind him. But uh, you know. What can I say? The only problem here was, uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy who owns the Clippers, but, uh, you know, here's a major discredit, okay? Some some jerk is trying to buy out, is going to, you know, try to destroy the Clippers, okay, and buy a, buy them a dirt cheap, all right? And, uh, you know, break break the uh, the guy, that, right? what's his name anyway, the guy? That, I don't know. His I name. forgot his name. The guy who owns the Clippers. The owner, I don't know okay. his name. And they're going to drive him, okay, to, to sell that, you know, at uh, bargain, basement. bargain Basement just to get out of it, all right? And, and uh, you know, I'll guarantee it. I'll bet you anything, dollar for dollar, guess who's going to put a bid on it? Donald Trump? No. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Obama? Mike, Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael. Well, he already said he would. Yeah, but Michael Jordan, okay, has come, up, come out against this guy in the most wicked way. They call him a horrid racist and every name in the so book. So he's going to drive down the price so he's and get a bargain bargain. The price and he and somebody else is going we'll to Mark basement. Cuban or one yeah. of the other guys who own an NBA team. They're going to, you know, going to vulture in there and, and take over this guy's, uh, this guy's property mm-hmm. and build it to a, to a, to a big game. But uh, they'll say, oh, look what we did, guys. We're so, you know, wonderful. We're, we're so wonderful. And we kicked out that bad Jewish racist. You know what I mean? Boom, boom, get them out of the way. But giving a million dollars to black foundations and... Exactly, exactly. It's a very exactly. like, mixed-up profile as far like, as I'm concerned. Well, whenever somebody comes down like the way Jordan did and the way, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's... I'm sure the, the way the NBA did, okay, came in with a $2.5 million fine, okay, and that's because, banned them for, for life. That's because people thought the way you did, they threw in your little... racially 
article. Um, <coughs> did, did, did you, are we finished with that topic? Or I just wanted to say, I've been, I've been, um, I've been uh, 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 cited as a racist by uh, uh, a Zionist publisher, okay, and uh, you know who was uh, who was planning to to publish my book, but when I told him about my stance on Palestine. Uh, you know, he became explosive and, you know, went, went into insane, insane uh, diatribes, all right? So it's like, uh, you know, the, 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 the consistency there, I mean, the consistency, the, um, the continuity and the um, uh, control that publishers and media have, that Jewish control is so overwhelming, even Blog Talk Radio. I mean, we may wind up being uh, censored. This whole show may be censored because, you know, Zionist radio, okay, uh, Zionist control uh, censors so many things, okay? Um, they're censoring this station. They're censoring their own station. Did you know that, well? What? That they're censoring? Blood Talk's actually censoring its own stations, its own uh, radio shows, like our own, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, and others who are, you know, controversial, all right? So, you know, we have to understand that, and I see it in my ratings, and I see what's going on. But um, but at the same time, we publish these things on our website, and I see the rise in our website. You know what I mean? So we publish our, these, these shows, and we embed them. So it's like, you know, it, the whole thing that, that, that you got to understand, folks, is that we're dealing here with some kind, another racial censorship. You know what I mean? Or another attack against free speech. I mean, this guy wasn't saying anything publicly. He was having his a conversation. Bimbo, yeah, his 25-year-old bimbo, okay, uh, you know, exposed it to uh, TMZ, you know. Uh, and he was recorded without his consent. Recorded without his consent or, or in any kind I of don't, interview. I don't like what he had to say. I, I'm sure I wouldn't even like him. Like a him. guy should not said, be condemned right, for, for something that they can't even prove let with him. Me You've been talking for ten minutes. You don't let anybody else. All right, so talk. So talk instead of talking to me, please. Well, then stop talking. Talking to the mic. Stop talking. I, I don't. I probably wouldn't care for the man very much. I'm sure. He's not your type. He's not (laughs) your type. But he was recorded without his consent, and the way the questions, the way he was questioned, was seemed very sort of stilted and directed. Yeah. He was kind of pushed. In the direction, I know. And that he can't I, rule out that he was that he could have been edited too. We don't know. We don't know. Certainly, I mean, I don't. I don't think I'd like him very much at all. But I don't like the fact that um, that your personal opinions can be held against you like this. I mean, well, you, they, have, they you have the, you have the right. You know why it, you have the right to your own personal opinions. And they shouldn't be publicized like that. Well, I and that I thought it was more about the fact <laughs> that uh, she was running around on him. Yeah, I think that's it was what, part of that. That's and, what I thought and I think it was that about. She was running around with Mr. AIDS and Magic Johnson. I mean, you got to remember, Magic Johnson has AIDS, okay? And the thought that he was doing uh, his daughter, uh, his daughter is... Uh, Granddaughter? Yeah, I was going to say, great-granddaughter? Too old to be a great-granddaughter, okay? The fact that that this old guy was doing a 25-year-old girl when he's 85 years old, uh, you know. One could hardly believe that. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, okay. (laughs) 
I but, thought but, at first I thought. But, that, but if you listen to the recordings, Lila. At first I thought it was more about his sex life <coughs> than it was about uh, being black. That's, that's the way it seemed at first. But then there were these other things that came out. But it's just a, a distraction from things, and I. No, but, but it is and it isn't because what it is, it's an attack against this guy, okay? And it, and I, not only that, but an attack and and, and a symbol against anybody who thinks anything negatively, okay, about anybody in the world, mm -hmm. okay? We're not supposed to think negatively about anybody in the world, mm -hmm. right? Racially, intellectually, uh, physically, mentally, you know, whatever, all right? I'm not allowed to call Obama a piece of crap, okay? Well, you know, that's too bad. I said it on the air. I got my little voice over here. And 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 you know we, we've talked about we've talked about this and the reason I started this show with that topic Lila is because it had to be said didn't it mm -hmm. somebody had to say it stop defending you know uh, you know Mr Obama and Mr Holder and and Mr Magic Johnson and Mr whatever no, and before that I personally wouldn't want to associate with these guys either the way they are doesn't mean that they're black. It just means they're assholes. You know what I mean? I don't like associating with assholes, all right, which they may not like associating with me, right? But it doesn't mean that I don't like them because they're black. It just means they're, they're a-holes, okay? I mean, I wouldn't like being around people like that. They, they make me very nervous and maybe even ugh, I'd be afraid to uh, try to kill me, you know what I mean? Who well, needs that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't need that. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is, you know, you don't like certain people because they're not very likable, all right? And, you know, what this old guy, uh, the, the, the owner of the Clippers, I think somebody should defend this guy because, you know, they, they, he has, he's, he's been crucified, okay, by this 25-year-old uh, Huta, okay, <laughs> and, uh, you know, who probably, you know, cell-phoned everything, you know, to some guy at TMZ, who put it on an edit, sound editing machine and edited the entire script. Well, we don't know that. I will know. guarantee it was. Oh, but you don't know that. So yeah, but you don't know. Lila, please. Don't make statements that you don't have any basis for. Listen, you, don't you know, know I can audit anything. You know how simple it is you to audit a piece of, 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 of audio? Of course it is. But you're saying something that you don't know is true. It may well, be that you saying, don't know. I don't know, but I don't know any but of don't it's state true, it Lila. The way that anything the on way the media, can you believe it. any of it? The way you're stating it, you're making your side seem like it's true. Of you course, don't I'm biased. It's my side. Yeah, but it's not, you don't know, you don't have any basis I'm not being for objective that. here. You have no basis for what you're saying. It's you don't either. Yeah. You don't either. You have to be objective it's about just something. It's That's you be objective all it is. To it. As far as I'm concerned, I think the old guy's getting crucified because I think Michael Jordan and his and uh, Michael Cuban and whoever else is involved with the with the perks wants to buy the Clippers at a bargain price and kick the old guy out of there. Well, that's probably true. That's what that's all about. That's probably true. This stuff the truth doesn't happen, that. Lila, unless it unless it, it it there's a monetary reason. You know that for a fact. Well, he just right. chased the dollar, that's all. I mean, we've been crucified. Every lot of people who have been crucified died and buried because somebody wanted their business. You know what I mean? The cat's in there killing it. All right. Our cat just dropped something in the bathroom. Hmm. But anyway, um, the the interesting thing is that's why I wanted to, I thought this was a very important thing to talk about tonight. 
I didn't think I'd last 25 minutes on it, but, you know, I'm sorry about that. Mm. So did you want to read something suspicious? That Oh, that's a great one. Could you read that? There's been a lot of bankers that have been dying no that killed themselves suspicious lately. Suspicious deaths of bankers are now classified as trade seekers <coughs> by federal regulators, and this is by David Icke. It doesn't get any more Orwellian than this. Wall Street mega banks crashed the U.S. financial system in 2008. Hundreds of thousands of financial industry workers lose their jobs. Then beginning late last year, a rash of suspicious deaths start to occur among current and former bank employees. Next, we learn that four of the Wall Street megabanks likely hold over $680 billion face amount of life insurance on their workers, payable to the banks, not the families, we asked their federal regulators for details of this life insurance under a Freedom of Information Act request, and we're told the information constitutes trade secrets. And this is Wall Street on Parade by Pam Martins and Russ Martins. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the life expectancy of a 25-year-old male with a bachelor's degree or higher as of 2006 was 81 years of age. But in the past five months, five highly educated J.P. Morgan male employees in their 30s and one former employee aged 28 have died under suspicious circumstances, including three of whom allegedly left off buildings a statistical rarity even during the height of the financial crisis of 2008. There is one other major obstacle to brushing away these deaths as random occurrences. They're not happening at J.P. Morgan's closest peer bank, Citigroup. Both J.P. Morgan and Citigroup are global financial institutions with both commercial banking and investment banking operations. Their employees counts as similar, 260,000 employees for Morgan versus 251,000 for Citigroup. Both J.P. Morgan and Citigroup also own massive amounts of bank-owned life insurance, a controversial practice that pays the corporation when a current or former employee dies. In the case of former employees, the banks conduct regular death sweeps of public records using former employees' social security numbers to learn if a former employee has died and then submits a request for payment of the death benefit to the insurance company. Wall Street on Parade carefully researched public death announcements over the past 12 months, which named the decedent as a current or former employee of Citigroup or a commercial banking unit. We found no data suggesting Citigroup was experiencing the same rash of deaths of young men in their 30s as J.P. Morgan Chase, nor did we discover any press reports of leaps from buildings among Citigroup workers. Given the above set of facts on March 21st of this year, we wrote to the regulator of national banks, the Office of Controller of Currencies, seeking the following information under the Freedom of Information the number of deaths from 2008 to 2014 on which J.P. Morgan Chase collected death penances. The total face amount of the life insurance in force at J.P. Morgan. The total number of former and current employees of J.P. Morgan Chase who were insured under these policies. 
Any peer studies showing the same data comparing J.P. Morgan Chase with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup? The OCC responded politely by a letter dated April 18th after first calling a few days earlier to inform us that they would be getting nothing under the Sunshine Law request. On Wall Street, sunshine routinely means dark curtains. The OCC letter advised that the documents relevant to our request were being withheld on the basis that they are privileged or contain trade secrets or commercial or financial information furnished in confidence that relates to business, personal, or financial advance of any person or relate to a record contained in or related to an examination. The ironic reality is that the documents do not pertain to the personal financial affairs of individuals who have a privacy right. Individuals are not going to receive the proceeds of the life insurance for the most part. In most cases, they didn't even know that the multi-million dollar policies that pay upon their deaths have been taken out by their employer or former employer. Equally important, J.P. Morgan is a publicly traded company whose shareholders have a right under the securities law to understand the quality of its earnings. Are those earnings coming from trading traditional banking and investment <coughs> banking operations? Or is this foolish practice of profiting from the death of workers now a major contributor to the profits on Wall Street? <coughs> Excuse me. As it turns out, one aspect of the information cavalierly denied to us by the OCC is, a public, is publicly available to those willing to hunt for it. On March 24th of this year, we reported that J.P. Morgan held $10.4 billion in uh, BOLI assets at its insured depository bank as of December 31st, 2013. And I think BOLI, that means the, uh, those death accounts. I hate it when they put those things in. When they use initials. Yes. Bank-owned, yeah, bank-owned life insurance. That's what that means. So they have um, $10.4 billion in bank-owned life insurance assets. How about that? Wow. We reached out to the bank-owned life insurance expert, Michael D. Myers, to understand what J.P. Morgan's $10.4 billion in bank-owned life insurance assets at its commercial bank might represent in terms of face amount of life insurance on workers. Myers said, without knowing the length of the investment or its rate of return, it's difficult to estimate the face amount of the insurance coverage. However, cash value of $10.4 billion could easily translate into more than $100 billion in actual insurance coverage and possibly two or three times that amount, said Myers, a partner in the Houston, Texas law firm of McClellan, Myers, and F.C. Myers and his firm have represented the families of deceased employees for almost two decades in cases involving corporate-owned life insurance against employers such as Walmart, Cena Oil and Chemical Company, American Greeting Cards Corporation. Families may be entitled to the proceeds of these policies if employee consent was required under state law, 
and was not given, or if the corporation cannot show it had an insurable interest in the employee. A tough test to meet if it's non-key employee or if the employee has left the firm. <coughs> of course, you have to find out first whether you're, the person had the, had the uh, insurance policy, and sometimes people don't even, families didn't even know. As it turns out, the $10.4 billion significantly understates the amount of money J.P. Morgan has tied up in seeking to profit from workers' death. Since Wall Street Bank's destructive holding companies, we decided to see what type of financial information might be available at the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, a federal interagency that promotes uniform reporting standards among bank regulators. The FIEC, that's that Federal Financial Institutions thing, uh, website provided access to the consolidated financial statements of the bank holding companies of not just J.P. Morgan Chase, <clears throat> but all the largest Wall Street banks. We conducted our own peer review study with the information that was available. Four of Wall Street's largest banks hold a total of $68.1 billion in uh, life insurance assets. Using Michael Myers' approximate 10 to 1 ratio, that would mean over time just these four banks could potentially collect upwards of $681 billion in tax-free income from life insurance proceeds on their current and former workers. Did you hear that, Leo? What's that? You weren't listening. Yeah, I was. I'm sorry, I was reading this note here, but they, the banks could collect up potentially to $681 billion in tax-free income from life insurance proceeds. Wow. The breakdown in bank life insurance assets follows as of December 2013. Bank of America... 22.7 billion. Wells Fargo, 18.7 billion. J.P. Morgan Chase, 17.9 billion. Hmm. Citigroup, 8.8 billion. In addition to specifics on bank life insurance assets, the consolidated financial statements also showed that what each bank was reporting as earned or increased value of cash surrender value, blah blah blah, of life insurance. But I think you probably get the point. This goes on. But let me also just read to you people who who died. Following are the names and circumstances of five young men in their 30s employed by J.P. Morgan who experienced sudden death since December, along with one former employee. J. Joseph M. Ambrosio, age 34, from New Jersey. Um, he passed away... From December, in December, <coughs> from acute what did he die of? Acute respiratory syndrome. Jason Allen Saleh, 34 years old, from Texas. He had a heart attack. Gabriel McGee uh, died January 27, 2014. He was lying on the ninth level of a rooftop in Europe at Canary Wharf European headquarters of J.P. Morgan in London. They don't really know what the cause of death was, and they're looking into that. 
Ryan Crane, age 37, is from Stanford, Connecticut. And they don't know what the cause of his death was. Dennis Lee Junji, 33 years old, died in Hong Kong. Didn't really say. He supposedly fell from the 30-story Chatterhouse office of J.P. Morgan. Kenneth Belliendo, age 28, was found outside his east side Manhattan apartment building in March. Um, the building from which he allegedly jumped, it was only six stories. You couldn't be sure to die if you jumped from a six-story building, no? No, six stories could pretty low. Hmm. So, who knows? So how much money the bank got from that would from those uh, deaths would be interesting to find out. A lot of money, I'm sure. And, and remember, it's all tax-free money. Tax-free oh, money. Yeah. Here's something. I, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, darling, but I try to... Uh, we try to talk about this every so often. We had um, Dane Worthington on... Uh, uh, Wigington, rather, I'm sorry, on from uh, geothermal.org, uh, geoengineering.org. And... Uh, but here's something that I wanted to mention. Because, uh, another article on chemtrailing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just give me a second here. here uh, interestingly, a pilot of a commercial airliner made a mistake that irrefutably proves the existence of chemtrails. By forgetting to turn them off before he landed, he, we have video of the plane landing while still spraying chemtrails as it hits the runway. This is the first empirical evidence to claim backup claims, uh, to, to backup claims made people smeared uh, as conspiracy theorists who claimed airlines are being used by government to spray aerosols into the air uh, without the knowledge or consent of the people being sprayed. With proof like this, the public now has legal standing to file lawsuits, utilize subpoenas, and force a discovery of evidence. The one-minute blockbuster video appears below, and uh, hang on one second here. I'm going to tell you where it's, it's very difficult to navigate through this website. Um, sorry about that, but um, I'm trying to get you to. Yeah, it's worldtruth.tv, okay? Go to that website, worldtruth.tv, and you can see a number of their um, videos, and specifically this one about the... Uh, Really, really interesting to see what happened. Um, you know, you can see. Uh, we'll try to narrate it for you. You want to see this? Sure. We can narrate a little bit. Uh, it's about this, this this plane, this huge passenger plane landing. It has a chemtrail uh, thing. Come on. Chemtrail the airport. I forgot to shut off the chemtrail. The, the plane uh, arrived on night, on night, but you could see, you could see this cloud and stuff falling behind it. See this? Yeah. It's unbelievable. And um, now I'm going to ask you to go to that because um, actually it's on YouTube. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. It's called Busted Pilot Forgets to Turn Off Chemtrails While Landing. Yeah, try that one on YouTube. Busted pilot forgets to turn off chemtrails while landing. 
right? And uh, you check that out. That, that was pretty interesting. Because we know, Lila and I have been knowing about chemtrails for the last, oh, 10, 11 years, Lila, right? Oh, yeah. Ever since John uh, brought it to our attention, what they actually were, uh, John um, Brennan, uh, in fact, he was on about a month ago when we had uh, Dana on uh, to talk about chemtrails. And uh, he's been a chemtrail activist uh, for many, many, many years. So, see <laughs> that? Uh, oh, he's a silly song. That's kind of funny. Cougar in a tree. Um, anyway. His uh, Bank of America fraud exposed the train. Nathan J. Taylor, uh, forgery does not matter. This is how dishonest he is. Sure. These guys are, are crooks beyond belief. Is this the Bank of America? Yeah. Unenforceable. Um, and I don't think that is fraud. I don't think that is a representation of fact to say that we now have legal challenges that we want to raise against a loan that we don't dispute that we took out. Um, they have raised a couple of issues that I want to address. Uh, they allege that they did not initial the note, or that the initials on the note are uh, forged. Uh, and if you read our memorandum, we have gone through that argument uh, and identified law that the it does not matter if the initials are forged. The only thing that matters is the that they signed the note, which I don't think they dispute. Um, alterations put on the note uh, after signature are irrelevant unless they somehow affect the burden of the party, and in this case, the initials don't uh, change the burden of the debtors. So they're saying it doesn't matter if you forge it afterwards. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters. I mean, what's the point of these things uh, unless it does matter? Yeah. So, well... You know, so forgery doesn't matter to Bank of America, I guess. Obviously not. No. So do what you want with any documents. It's all right. You can pay a lawyer to come in court and tell you to say that. That's right. That's right. But this is thing about, I don't know if anybody's heard about net neutrality, but it looks like we're going to be extremely censored in the next uh, short while. If we tolerate... Uh, Israel is almost over with, and the reading, we've never seen before, is about to begin. Of course, they will start slowly boiling frogs. If we talk, and this is a cartoon that uh, a judge is saying to a uh, guy being prosecuted. If we tolerated your pot use, next we'd be legalizing hemp, which would threaten my investment in synthetic fabrics, uh, plastics and pesticides, oil, prisons, etc. So I have no choice but to jail you for 30 years. <laughs> now that's the judge. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on, folks. Uh, I don't know what that is about. What's that? That was one of George's friends. But, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what my photo is. I'm looking at, uh, I shouldn't be involved with uh, I'm looking at something from uh, 
I put on Facebook uh, somebody had sent me something that I, I thought Lila had another article. Um, Nikola Tesla said that the gift of mental power comes from God, divine being. And if we concentrate our minds on that truth, we become in tune with this great power. Isn't that interesting? He was a genius, the Tesla. Yeah. He was a genius. I mean, the absolute genius. Uh, we should be. I was reading. I was about to read. I, I saw an article about it today, and I, I, I didn't get a chance to read it. I was going to post it. But something about um, gassing up with solar energy. Mm. All right. And uh, and, and you, know, you can you can solar power your car. All right. And you never have to buy gas again. Anyway, but that's a Tesla thing as well. Um, do you have something else to have? Oh, yeah. The strange love effect, or how we are hoodwinked into accepting a new world war, by John Figler. In 1964, the year strange love was made, the missile gap was the false flag in order to build more and bigger nuclear weapons and pursue an undeclared policy of domination, President John Kennedy approved the CIA's propaganda that the Soviet Union was well ahead of the U.S. in production of intercontinental ballistic missiles. This filled front pages as the Russians' threat. In fact, the Americans were so far ahead in the production of ICBMs, the Russians never approached them. The Cold War was based largely on this lie. Since the collapse of the Soviet Union, the U.S. has ringed Russia with military bases, nuclear warplanes, and missiles as part of its NATO enlargement project. Reigning a U.S. Reneging a U.S. promise to Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev in 1990, NATO, um, that NATO would not expand one inch to the east. NATO has all but taken over Eastern Europe. In the former Soviet Caucasus, NATO build, military buildup is the most extensive since the World War. In February, the United States mounted one of its proxy color corps against the elected government of Ukraine. The shock troops were fascist. For the first time, since 1945, a pro-Nazi, openly anti-Semitic party controls key areas of the state power. No Western European leader has condemned, condemned this rival of fascism on the border of Russia. Some 30 million Russians died in the invasion of their country by Hitler's Nazis, who were supported by the Ukraine insurgent armies. The UPA reported... Um, responsible for numerous Jewish and Polish massacres. The UPA was the military wing inspiring today's Zavoboda party. So, there's more to that, but that's the meat of that. Okay, Leo? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I was reading this thing about um, Sterling again, you know, um, okay. NBA 
band is Donald Sterling from Life, and Sterling was the guy, of course, that clicked uh-huh. but this is a sense, it, it, it's not real, but for those of you who may have been surprised by what we said and may not have heard about this yet, Clippers owner Donald Sterling has been banned for life from associating with the Clippers and the NBA and fined the maximum of $2.5 million. In addition, Commissioner Adam Silver said he has been, he has asked the Board of Governors to force the sale of the Clippers. This is not even legal. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like it. It's illegal to do what they're trying to do to this guy. Silver said the NBA's investigation included an interview with Sterling, who confirmed that the voice on the tape was his. Deeply offensive and harmful, Silver called Sterling's words. To the game's long history of black players, Silver said simply, I apologize. And forcing Sterling to sell the team will require a three-fourths vote. But Silver added that he has the full support of the league's other owners. All right. So what does that tell you? Huh? That he doesn't want the responsibility? No. He's saying that Silver added that he has the full support of the league's other owners. So all the league's owners, the NBA, support him. Oh, I don't know. That's what they just said. It's very mixed up. Full support of the league's other owners. Okay. But the the guy who's the... um, in other words, forcing Sterling to sell the team will require a three-fourths vote. But Silver, okay, who is the who is the uh, commissioner? Yeah, he's paid by the team's owners. I don't understand this at all. I don't either. But the, the, the league of other owners. Silver said Sterling's sordid history, okay, has uh, I think this is funny that his name is Silver and the other guy's name is Sterling. Mm-hmm. Sterling and Silver. I think that's hysterical. Okay. But uh, sordid history was not uh, taken into account when handing down the ban and suspension. That That is, it will be considered when owners decide whether to compel Sterling to sell a franchise. And Silver notably uh, not dodged a reporter's question over why the NBA did not act until now. Okay. And then... When asked if Sterling ever displayed remorse for his comments, Silver merely said, Mr. Sterling did not express those views to me. Okay? So, you know, it, it's really it's really funny. I got the video. It was a short little video about this guy, Sterling. Okay? Shortly after the release of an audio, audio recording this past Saturday morning of a conversation that allegedly included Clippers owner Donald Sterling the NBA commenced an investigation, which, among other things, included an interview of Mr. Sterling. That investigation is now complete. The central findings of the investigation are that the man whose voice is heard on the recording and on a second recording from the same, from the same conversation that was released on Sunday is Mr. Sterling, and that the hateful opinions voiced by that man of Mr. Sterling. The views expressed by Mr. Sterling are deeply offensive and harmful. That they came from an NBA owner only heightens the damage and my personal outrage. Sentiments of this kind are contrary to the principles of inclusion and respect that form the foundation of our diverse 
multicultural and multi-ethnic league. I am personally distraught that the views expressed by Mr. Sterling came from within an institution that has, that has historically taken such a leadership role in matters of race relations and caused current and former players, coaches, fans, and partners of the NBA to question their very association with the league. To them, and pioneers of the game, like Earl Lloyd, Chuck Cooper, Sweetwater Clifton, the great Bill Russell, and particularly Magic Johnson, I apologize. Accordingly, effective immediately, I am banning Mr. Sterling for life from any association with the Clippers organization or the NBA. Mr. Sterling may not attend any NBA games or practices. He may not be present at any Clippers facility, and he may not participate kind of jerk, in any business kind of or player personnel decisions involving the team. Kind of power over, over he will also be barred from yeah. attending NBA Board of Governors meetings or participating in any other league activity. I am also fining Mr. Sterling $2.5 million, the maximum amount allowed under the NBA Constitution. These funds will be donated to organizations dedicated to anti-discrimination and tolerance efforts that will be jointly selected by the NBA and its Players Association. As for Mr. Sterling's ownership interest in the Clippers, I will urge the Board of Governors to exercise its authority to force a sale of the team and will do everything in my power to ensure that that happens. This has been a painful moment for all members of the NBA family. I appreciate the support and understanding of our players during this process. And I am particularly grateful for the leadership shown by Coach Doc Rivers, Union President Chris Paul, and Mayor Kevin Johnson of Sacramento, who has been acting as the player's representative in this matter. We stand together in condemning Mr. Sterling's views. They simply have no place in the NBA. Thank you, and I'll take any questions. Now that was Adam Silver, okay, denouncing uh, 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 Clippers owner Donald Sterling. <laughs> I mean, they can't even, even make this stuff up. You know what I mean? Huh? Yep.
And who said that to me? I, uh, Shah said that to me, oddly enough. And Shah supporting this guy. Oh, I, I think it's a mockery because, you know, it is a, it's hysterical. It's hysterical. You know, but there was, it's such a joke. Boy, it was a joke. Honorable Obama administration says treaties trump the U.S. Constitution. He wants to create this. Uh, uh, we'll talk about more about this tomorrow night, but the Trans-Pacific uh, uh, Treaty, uh, which uh, is going to be horrible, horrible, horrible. Huh. If the administration is right, if the administration is right, the treaty power could become a backdoor way to the federal government to do everything but uh, from abolishing the death penalty nationwide to outlawing homeschooling to dramatically curtailing the state's rights to regulate abortion. And uh, it, it, uh, she told the Washington Examiner, right? Uh, but the interesting thing is Obama administration says treaties trump the U.S. corporate Constitution. And Obama's Department of Justice tried to argue in front of the Supreme Court that international treaties can trump the U.S. Constitution. He's dead wrong, as usual. Right? You know, this guy is beyond, above and beyond the traitors. Right? Huh. Unbelievable. Um, for someone who supposedly taught constitutional law, uh, President Obama certainly seems to have trouble understanding it. Right? There are countless examples that could be cited as evidence that Obama either doesn't understand or doesn't care about what the Constitution says. For the purpose of brevity, excuse me, we shall look at just one example of Obama's ignorance toward the Constitution. That would be the stance his administration has taken that treaties signed by the U.S. State, United States trump the Constitution, which is just not so. Treaties are only applicable as law in the United States so long as they were duly signed and approved by the Senate, and so long as they abide and adhere to the supremacy and sovereignty of the laws of the Constitution. That's correct. If anybody understands or has seen the, 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 the uh, Trans-Pacific uh, trans, uh, Partnership, uh, TTP, TPP uh, policy, they'll understand that what it does is it gives corporations, world corporations, power over sovereign governments, okay? And uh, they don't have to account to anybody, all right? Can you imagine that? That's what that trans-Pacific uh, uh, policy does. And that's why uh, so many people are so adamant about it. And he's actually going to the Supreme Court because he's trying to override the, the, the Senate. Um, so, anyway, it's almost time to, to go, and uh, we got to go, but... The Justice Department attorneys are advancing an argument that at the Supreme Court that could allow the government to invoke international treaties as a legal basis for policies such as gun control that conflict with the U.S. Constitution, according to Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Republican of, Te of Texas. Their argument is that the law implementing an international treaty signed by the U.S. allows the federal government to prosecute a criminal case that would normally be handled by state or local authorities and the Constitution created a limited federal government with only specific uh, enumerated powers. The Supreme Court could not interpret the treaty power in a manner that undermines this bedrock protection of individual liberty, uh, Cruz said. So with that, I'm going to end tonight and, uh, you know,
little controversial issue here, but we felt it was important to uh, to, to to go with it. So we want to thank everybody and uh, you know join us tomorrow night when we talk about union issues and more controversial issues. Yes, you, you certainly had a monologue tonight, Leo. Did we, though? Yeah. Yes, you did. Well, you, you did, did too. You did well, too. Well, I, I agree with some of you what got, you had you to got, say. You got your jabs in there. But not all of it. I was proud of you. And uh, I'm concerned about the banks. That's, uh, that's uh, a mess, isn't it? It is. It's I really crooked, crooked, don't crooked. fully understand this whole thing, except they took out life insurance policies. and On their people and yeah. then forced them to kill themselves, I guess. Oh, it just seems awfully fishy. That's why they're fishing around. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll investigate further and talk to you tomorrow about uh, our union issues and some uh, dirty politics going on and bills and all of those other things that are happening and uh, how to try to you know keep real and keep keep unionized. Yep. Right. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Yeah. Have a good night, folks. Take care.